Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Montana. Favorite players, AFC West edition. And Craig Mettler, the head coach of the Sentinel track and field track and field team. It is to tell new one is one ESPN radio outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for sharing some of it with us here on your radios or on your televisions. However, you may be watching, listening, etc. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for letting us be with you on this day after Easter. Hope it was a great weekend for you. Uh, if you would like to listen live on the World Wide web, we can accommodate that you go to the website, one Oh two nine ESPN.com. You listen live on our stream. The stream is available all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Phones, 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. We continue our series of selecting our favorite NFL players by team, this time with the AFC West. Oh, yes, the mighty AFC West, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, our favorites of all time. I got a little AFC West. Yes, yes. Throw the AFC West soundbite in there, Tommy. Nice. We're going to drop that when we get going to it. Uh, we uh, got a little surprise for you today, a little something uh, on that for you. So we'll get into that. We will get into a little bit of high school stuff, uh, specifically Jay Jagelski uh, is uh, resigned as the head coach at uh, Sentinel, the boys' basketball team. Uh, been there the better part of a decade, Jay Jagelski. So uh, some some big news coming out there out of Missoula Sentinel. We also, uh, at the top of the hour, going to get into our conversation with Craig Mettler, who is the uh, head track and field coach at Sentinel. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Craig, friend of the show, great to have him on. We'll talk about what he's doing as a coach and also as a teacher at Sentinel High School uh, right now with uh, neither uh, the sports or the school in person happening, but both happening sort of remotely and what he's working through there. So we'll get into that. Very, very sad news out of the NFL uh, with the death of Tavares Jackson. Uh, folks uh, may remember uh, Tavares Jackson uh, uh, uh a very good backup quarterback is what I would characterize him as a player. Was 10 seasons in the NFL with the Vikings and the Seahawks. Tavares Jackson passed last night in an auto accident uh, south of Montgomery, Alabama. So very, very sad news. We will look back and uh, remember Tavares Jackson as well. And also, if you didn't watch Andrea Bocelli yesterday singing from uh, 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 Italy on Easter Sunday, oh, what 
What a thing you missed out on. And this is coming from somebody who, as Coulter says, likes Halloween death metal. That's my genre of music, according <laughs> to you. Uh, unbelievable. So I got, I got to talk about this because I thought this was just so poignant in so very many ways. Uh, so we will get into that a little bit as well on the show. So there you go. That's the show outlook. Coulter, how are you? Happy day after Easter, man. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Okay. Dinner dinner with your mother and uh, also an injury to report. You no, got it's a, all good. You walk in here. You got a, a taped up hand. You drop. What did you drop? A, 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 a container on yourself. Uh, I pinched it in a building a storage shelf. Ugh. By pinched, I mean like ripped the skin off and gave myself a massive hematoma on the palm of my hand. Man, it wouldn't be a DIY project in the Nuanas household if people weren't getting hurt. Tell you that. <laughs> Get it from my dad. I think my dad went to the emergency room like six times when I was a kid. Every single time is when he was building something. Hey, this is what I, this is what I try to tell my wife. Like, I do it, but I don't want to incur that hospital bill. You know, let's find, let's get a professional. Let's get a professional in here to do this thing for us. Uh, Coulter, we've been uh, going through our favorite players by division in the NFL over the past. We did it all last week, and this week we're excited because we get to divisions that are more in our geographic area and also more in our wheelhouse in terms of teams that we like. We're doing the AFC West today. We'll do the NFC West tomorrow with the Seattle Seahawks, among others, and then we will go toe-to-toe in the NFC North. And not even toe-to-toe. I mean, this is a, this is a, this is for people. They were like each other here, man. We're doing something that people, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to pick my favorite Viking. Imagine that. You're going to pick your favorite Packers, so good luck to you. It's a long list, my friend, to choose from, I can tell you that. Well, that's the difference between me and you is that you hate the Vikings, and I don't have any feelings about the Packers. In fact, I like most Packers. I like most Packer fans. I like most Packers. Yeah, you're right. We do do differ on that. I hate the Vikings. Okay. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's do, uh, though, the AFC West, Coulter. Who do you want to start with here? Uh, what team you want to start, start with? Let's start with the most irrelevant team in the AFC West, the Los Angeles football Chargers. Are they more irrelevant, you think, than Oakland? What? It's so easy for people now to forget. The Raiders have tremendous tradition. They do. I mean, I Okay, understand. so that makes them, at some point in their existence, relevant. The Chargers have never been relevant. It's true. I mean, that's that's fair. But they're... Well, they're actually not more relevant. They're just better, but they're not more relevant now. Than. Right, but the, I mean, what is the Chargers being good actually ever meant besides just like first-round playoff exits? I mean, they went to a Super Bowl. They played in a Super Bowl. When, they when like, boat race. Yeah, I guess 26, 27 They years lost ago. to the San Francisco 49ers in the mid-90s. Yep. Um, all right, so go ahead, Coulter. Who's your favorite Charger? Uh, I think I got to say Junior Seau. I know that's probably low-hanging fruit, but, I mean, it's either Junior Seau or Sean Merriman. Those guys are... Opposite sides of the spectrum, personality-wise, yeah, uh, but both equally tremendous players. Actually, I shouldn't say that Sean Merriman at his peak was a tremendous player. Well, Junior Seau is one of the all-time greatest players exactly. that's ever played. Right, right. Uh, interestingly, that's. I mean, I had Sean Merriman on my list, uh, you know, because you know he 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 was wrecking people and doing the the jackhammer dance or whatever it was. He's a crowd pleaser in that respect. It is it is Junior Seau, man. Like Junior Seau was an absolute pleasure to watch in every way. I had forgot, you know, I, I knew that, you know, he obviously went to New England and was on that team with the Patriots that that uh, went 18-1 and one and then, you know, obviously lost in the Super Bowl uh, to the Giants. But he played seven more seasons after, like a, 11 years or whatever it was, in San Diego. I mean, he played 18 years as a linebacker. Just tremendous, but yeah, like the 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 type of guy that he was, uh, both on and off the field. You know that the the happy personality, and obviously, um, you know, a, a guy who is as good as it gets at football. He is also. Did you know? Did you realize this? Uh, Junior Seau, the first Polynesian or Samoan player to ever go into the Hall of Fame. Wow, which is pretty remarkable. He certainly won't be the last, but I wonder, I don't know, I don't go far enough back with this whole thing to think about this, but we take now Samoan and Polynesian players just for granted in terms of that there's going to be great guys playing it, but there's a bunch of universities who have tapped in to you know that right. that stream of players from you know and the Polynesian players and those guys then have gone like Troy Polamalu most notably you know to the NFL and been great players but Star Latule and plenty of others you know have fallen but I wonder if Junior Seau kicked the door down in some ways in terms of of 
you know, the, the Pacific Islanders playing the sport of football and being great at it. We know that there's a huge rugby tradition, right, in, in you know, the, the Polynesian islands and so on. So, uh, but I think very interesting and noteworthy in that respect to have been the, the first one, at least in the Hall of Fame to, uh, you know, of, of that Polynesian descent is very, very cool as well. But just to, uh, from a football standpoint, you just – He's just great to watch. I mean, the the, the intensity, the speed, the, the outstanding in every way. So this is actually very. In, this is a very fascinating portion of football history that I think a lot of people don't know. Do you? So do you know about the rise of football in America, Samoan, among uh, Polynesian and people of Polynesian, Samoan, and Tongan descent? No. Okay, so World War Two, the North Shore of Oahu, the North Shore Beach, yep. became a place where football was played when guys were on leave. During World War II, obviously, Hawaii was a gigantic military base, a, a huge presence in the Pacific. Was not yet a state. Was not yet a state, but, was, I mean, it was the hub for the war in the Pacific that raged on during World War II. Of course. Uh, simultaneously, Hawaii, specifically Oahu, has always been sort of a sanctuary for people uh, from, from Islander people that were from much smaller islands in the proximity, most specifically Ameris, American America Samoa. Mm. Okay, so football was introduced to that part of the world not long ago, only 65, 70 years ago. Yeah. After that, then it spread because of just the commingling between people in Hawaii and the surrounding islands. Football spread and became so big. Well, the island of America, Samoa, for example, has less than 100,000 people on it. Yet there is, I think, 60 guys from that are either first or second generation descendants of people that were specifically from that island. That's like if there was 60 people from Missoula, Montana. That were, that were, they're that in the NFL. NFL. They're yeah. in the NFL. But, but most of these guys are... Junior Sarah was a pioneer because he was of the age where... He, I, I believe... I don't know if his dad was specifically related to this whole phenomenon, but it makes sense that yeah. you know, he was probably a first-generation football player. Right. But as we've seen it spread, I mean, I've talked to a lot of guys because there's been a lot of great players with similar backgrounds that have played at both Montana and mm-hmm. Montana State. Uh, I mean, tease for later on this week. Ken Ione will join us on the, the ESPN Roundtable. Montana State defensive coordinator who was a one-time All-American safety at Montana State. And although he grew up in Montana, his dad is from uh, that same lineage. And yeah. so he has a lot of uh, Polynesian characteristics in his background, the way he operates as a football coach. But I think that there's there's several different reasons why that culture and that ethnic background has gravitated towards football. Well, size could be part size of it. Size is part. I mean, they, they have they have a they have a physical they have physical yeah. disposition to it. Yeah. Also, as I, every Samoan guy I've ever played football with or against, they like laugh when you hit them hard. They think it's right. so funny. They're just so jolly. Can't knock them out. Can't knock them down. But also, I think the family element. I think yeah. that in Polynesian culture, it's. I mean. We call the Polynesian guys at Montana State in recent years, like Tyrone Fanono, Taylor Tuyasasopo. They all live together, and they have these big parties every single Sunday where everybody comes over for dinner. Big and the, I mean, they're yeah, they're cooking for everybody. Yep. And and so I think that in a football locker room, a lot of times loners are the ones that get left out. These guys, they're down. They've been hanging out there, twenty five cousins all the time. So right. it, it it is an interesting phenomenon. But I do think that those numbers are striking. Just the fact that there's been such a high percentage of guys from that background to make it to the NFL. It's it's more disproportionate than any other background that you can that you can pin. And it is. I think it's very interesting. But but like you said, say I was a pioneer. That's only been in the last twenty years that that's happened. Right. Uh, but, I mean, the D1 ranks, especially out west, are just littered. I mean, well, you look at the Utah schools, there is so many guys of Islander descent. See, it, used, it, it was initially kind of specific programs, right? Obviously Hawaii, but then uh, also, like you said, Utah, and, and specifically the Utes, but also Utah State. But now all the West Coast schools, man, from SC to Washington, it's just it's absolutely a guarantee, man, that this, that they're going to find these great players and uh, and that they're you know they're going to be the, the better for it for sure. All right, uh, here so we, was the greatest charger of all time too, right? No question. So we got. MS- I mean, I Philip Rivers is is now in that conversation, um, but he Philip. Let's let's put it like this. Junior say I was a better linebacker, obviously, than Philip Rivers, a quarterback. At the end of the day, even though Philip Rivers is a, a great quarterback, I wonder is Philip Rivers Hall of Famer? Yeah, I mean his Probably. his numbers are top ten. Yeah, so just so, because he's played for so long and, and started so many games, but I mean he's top ten in, in every major statistical. Category. But I guess I'd say this: there was there was several seasons there where Junior Seau 
was or was certainly in the conversation for being the best linebacker in football, period. Philip Rivers has never been the best quarterback. Never. So, you know, that's 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 one line of delineation. But so he is the best. But but Philip Rivers certainly owes his due. By the way, Ladane Thomas is pretty good. Um the Raiders, Coulter. Now I've cheated on this. Okay. Okay. I know we're supposed to pick players. If I was gonna pick a player, I would probably take Charles Woodson. Same. Part of that is Green Bay. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Is that who you put okay. But I'm not picking him. Okay. I'm taking two guys named John, Gruden and Madden. These are my favorite Raiders of all time. I know they're coaches, so I know that this isn't really in the heart of what we're trying to do here. But those two guys as coaches were great. They're probably Hall of Famers as coaches. But what they did for football and what they did to bring football to people from the booth, yeah. they, they might, without question, John Madden is the most influential football commentator that has ever been okay john gruden had he stayed in the booth would would probably be second and their what they have met and been to the game and the way that they have made it appealing to fans and distilled it down both with you know their command of english but more their personality and who they are and the types of guys they are brilliant and if you don't like john gruden i can't help you okay because he is he's the greatest man the whole chucky thing and everything like that he's just got the whole football deal going on but he's also funny and he's also you know he's not just gruff i mean Derek carr says no one has ever spoken the words i love you to me more than john gruden okay which a lot of people maybe don't expect when they hear you know all the expletives raining around all the time but it's 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 He's bigger than that, you know, and so he he's great. I love John Gruden and I and and John Madden, and I, I appreciate the two of them what they did for for the sport. I mean, when you really think about it, John Gruden is like the evolutionary version of John yes. Madden in the booth, right? Yes, Madden was the first guy who was ever drawn X's and O's up on the TV with the squiggly line, and, and he's and, the and first he, guy that was a personality about color, right? Right, and right? He, and he brought he brought schematics to the forefront of NFL fans' minds mm-hmm. for the first time. I think that in itself is is trend-setting for sure. Yes. But then Gruden, I mean, I guess what people don't understand, I, I think that I think that the more you understand, but also the more you love football, the more you the more players you already know off the top of your head when you're watching an NFL Monday Night Football game with John Gruden as the commentator, the more you're gonna get Gruden's brilliance. I often think he loses the the fringe fan because he just goes on these diatribes about guys that are not household names. Right. If you're you and I, you love it. Yeah. Because, and especially if you know Gruden's story and his process. I mean, the guy watches more film. I mean, he watches more he film than NFL coaches. Right. That's why I thought that they were had a chance to be good right away. Because yeah. I figured he would have a comprehensive scout on every team in the league. No, and, oh, for sure. But they just are, they're just trying to figure out you know a lot of other things well, besides that. But have another. What do they have? Three more first round picks this year. Yeah. Two at least. Yep. So, but I mean, the Raiders. To me, to me, the fact the Raiders have been pretty bad the last twenty years, I think, is bad for the NFL. Yeah, I think there's some franchises where it's important for those teams to be at least pretty good. Not only because it's not necessarily the beloved franchises, right? It's the polarizing ones. I think it's it's good for the league when they're good. Because if you have a whole bunch of me against the world, I mean, the Raiders fans are me against the world, right? I think so. And if the Raiders are good. Then you have a whole bunch of people that are excited about the Raiders and a whole bunch of people that hate the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, everybody would, would you not agree that everybody else in this division hates the Raiders more than anyone else in the division? Yes. I mean, the Broncos and the Chiefs equally hate the Raiders more than they hate each other. Yeah, right? the Chiefs and Broncos got a, a a good one going, no doubt. But the 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 level of hate and the Chargers are just straight terrified. It's just it's just being pillaged all the time by the Raiders when it's the Chargers and the Raiders. I mean, it's just what it is. So I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm with you on that. Faithful listener texting and saying it's actually tremendous for the NFL and the Raiders are bad. This is coming from a Chiefs fan, which I think is proving our point mm. uh, across the board. But um, <laughs> I, I, have, uh, I, I think that one of the things, though, there, there's, there's only a few franchises too where. You think of it from a personality meeting image perspective. In other words, there's some guys that have played for the Raiders, but you're like, man, that guy's a great Raider. You hardly ever think that. I mean, 
I guess there's 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 some franchises. Yeah, that how, have them. Howie Long is is a great to me, Raider. Like the yes, right, right, right. You just think of Raider and like right. they've got. I mean, Gruden's talked about this extensively. He's like, I want Raider guys, guys. I which want. doesn't happen in professional sports. It, it happens in college all the time, but not in. And that's why the, the evolution league. of what they do when they go to Vegas is going to be so fascinating. Because you yeah. talk about the draft. I mean. His first draft, he took nothing but guys with issues, whether they were physical, mental, character, whatever. He took all the well, guys. Yeah, except Josh Jacobs, who's no, like... Right, but I mean, Josh Jacobs has a story. He has sure. a background. Definitely I mean, has a great story. He definitely story. has a, a story. He took that Hurst kid from Michigan, the one that had the the heart murmur. Yeah. You know, he took a couple guys that had gotten in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took the Arden Key kid at LSU, who would have been a top 10 pick if he wouldn't have had all these character issues. It would be so interesting to see if he can make it work because if he can and he can get a group of renegades, these guys could really be good. But yeah. it could also backfire. They're going to be good. Time. They're going to be good, right? I mean, they're going to be good eventually. If he gets his quarterback, I think they have a chance to be pretty darn good. All right. Uh, I had Charles Woodson as my favorite. I think they're probably the most memorable Raiders, though. I think there's actually a pretty long list of guys, but I think that the top ones are Marcus Allen, Howie Long, and Bo Jackson. That uh, You're not going to do better than that list. It's For me, it's Howie Long first. Uh, Marcus Allen... Is a lit. I mean, I was certainly watching the Raiders, but I was I was younger. I was sure. a boy, uh, and then Bo Jackson, just because he's Bo, right? But he Bo Jackson's more memorable as Bo Jackson. I mean, he's certainly a Raider, but he's he's more memorable just as himself to me right. than as a Raider as such. Though he certainly is. Okay, Broncos. Is that what you want to do here? Yeah, Broncos. Okay. I'll start. Oh, you start with the Denver Broncos. Um, Who's your favorite? I don't. Bronco? I don't know. I had a hard time picking this. Okay. I, I don't like really love or hate any Broncos. Let me tell you about the Denver Broncos. Okay, so you know this already about your, your my, dad loves the my donkeys. grandfather's team. Uh, my paternal grandfather and my father Broncos fans. Uh, spent a lot of from time. Colorado, right? No, they're from Montana, but they lived in Colorado. Right. And they dad went to school in Went Colorado. to college in right. Colorado. Went to, he actually graduated high school, ultimately, in, in the state of Colorado. So I asked him. So when I was nine years old, my first ever professional sporting event, Broncos, Browns, the Bernie Kozar Browns, the John Elway Broncos, mm. in Mile High, Old Mile High Stadium in Denver. I still remember vividly they did the wave. Mm-hmm terrified i'm sitting there like the 30 yard line and it's coming at you and i'm a kid and i i've never seen as many people in one place ever and i ducked when the wave got to me i was i was just afraid of it but a great game was a monday night game uh uh between the broncos and browns which was a a big rivalry at that time um but i asked my dad because this is his team i said dad who's your favorite broncos so of course he sends me now an email you know which i appreciate very much thanks dad for that so i'll read it to you because you know i'm surprised it got here on time for the show it's sometimes it bounces around in cyberspace you know you never know when it's going to get through it's true he says when i was a teen okay so my my father i think you can say he's 69 years old okay so we're, he's born in 1950 so we're talking in the 60s he says the broncos drafted floyd little I was thrilled. The Broncos were my team then as they are now, but the Broncos were horrible. He said Floyd Little made them as competitive, made them competitive for almost eight years uh, during his eight-year career. He said it's hard to uh, talk about the great Broncos that have come, ag- come and gone, especially with the forgettable teams, but Floyd Little was the heart and soul of that team. And by the way, Floyd Little, 67, he was drafted. Uh, is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a great, great player. He said, Elway, of course, is every Bronco fan's favorite, and why not? He said, <laughs> he says, humans simply could not throw an oblong ball on the gridiron uh, the way that Elway did it. He said he can streak a 50-yard pass on a flat trajectory. He said, I've got, in my prime, I had a pretty good arm, and the best I could throw was a 40-yard rainbow. So he's like, he said, Elway shrank the 100-yard football field, which I thought is actually a pretty good insight. It's interesting to think about it in those terms. Patrick Mahomes is doing that again now. Elway was the original. He said, but my favorite Bronco of all time, you ready for this? A future guest on the show, Ed McCaffrey. Very nice. Because of his grit. Ed would go o- over the pass, uh, over the middle, knowing that a safety was drooling to separate him from his helmet. My father's words now. Ed played with a, with, when a defensive uh when a defensive player and there is no penalty for separating a man's torso from his legs, he not he he sacrificed his body routinely and he did it on purpose. Uh, he wore the undersized shoulder pads just to gain a little bit extra speed 
and you know sacrificed a little bit of that uh, uh, safety on that front. He said the young Warriors at Northern Colorado would do well to watch some game film of their old coach. So there you go. Ed McCaffrey's my dad. Great. My dad's New favorite. segment coming uh, from now until the end of quarantine. Emails by Chris Tutel read aloud on Tutel <laughs> Nuanas. Perfect. Right. We'll just ask you about but, franchises. So Ed McCaffrey's my dad. You know who my favorite is, though, and it, a lot of people may not know who this guy is. That's okay. Carl Mecklenburg. Oh, I know Carl Mecklenburg. I got, dude, I got a, I got a treat for you. I'm going to okay. show this to you after I get it out of storage. But uh, I have, I have, like, you it, was one of my, it was one of my favorite cards as a kid because mm. my dad worked in the mines in Colorado, late 70s, early 80s, and so he was all about the Orange Crush defense, and Carl Mecklenburg was his dude, so I got some pretty cool Carl Mecklenburg cards. Well, he was on that Orange Crush defense, and I remember one of the first plays I ever remember is Carl Mecklenburg recovered a fumble on, like, the opposing team's five and rolled on the ground into the end zone for a touchdown. Didn't get touched, wow. and his teammates were like, help and push him because it was going to take too much time to stand up or whatever. Scored a touchdown. He was taken in, are you ready? The 12th round yeah, of the, the draft in 1983. So same same draft as Elway, yeah. that famous 83 draft, Carl Mecklenburg. And he ended up uh, with 79 and a half sacks, the third total, uh, third highest total in franchise history, uh, even though he was you know, a very, very late selection in that, uh, in that class. I just thought of mine. I can't believe this didn't come to me off the top of my head. Steve Atwater is my favorite well, of Rocco. Love me some Steve Atwater. You want to hear a funny Steve Atwater story? It's not really a Steve Atwater story. It's just a story, but it involves Steve Atwater is also one of my father's favorite players. Now, my dad didn't have a, a Broncos jersey. He's got some shirts, hats, that thing, but he didn't have a jersey. So for his birthday, I said, I'm going to get him a Steve Atwater jersey. But I don't really have the, you know, it's like a 150 bucks or $125 for like a, like a real, you know, authentic, you know, NFL jersey. So, you know, what do you do? Well, you go for the knockoff, you know, and you go right. to some shady website or whatever it is, and you go, okay, I'm going to order this thing. Order him a Steve Atwater jersey. We get the jersey in the mail. It comes. He opens it up. Number 27, pumped up about it. On the back, Moreno. They sent oh. a no Sean Moreno because oh. it's the same number. Man. You believe that? Um, do How we, about that guy? I mean, he went from a lot to a little. Herschel Walker 2.0 yeah. to yeah. out the league. I no mean, he, did he even make it until he's 25? It was like 1,000-yard season, done. Okay, do we want to do the Chiefs? I don't know. I don't know. Is it even worth doing the Chiefs? Nobody even <laughs> likes the Chiefs. No, there's no Chiefs fans. Um, there's actually a, a fair amount dude, of Chiefs I'm saying fans that because here. I know how many Chiefs fans I there know are. There. Yeah, several no, of there's them. There's a lot of – I actually remember even as a kid, you know, you're on the playground and you pretend to be teams and players. Mm -hmm. and when, when we were in elementary school, that's when the Chiefs had – they had like the on your, on your last legs team with Joe Montana and Marcus Allen. That's right. Yeah. And I Bring remember I remember several kids that Austin, your brother, and I grew up with would always be the Chiefs at recess. They yeah. loved it. I'm Joe Montana. You're Marcus Allen. Let's go. Yeah. So that uh, was pretty fun. Well, um, and also when they finally win their first Super Bowl again in 50 years. Yeah. You know, people come out of the way. And this is not a bandwagon deal. It's just like people that you wouldn't maybe know they were Chiefs fans all of a sudden are pumped up about no, it. And they're, totally, they're, totally. They're representing. Uh, I was also thinking about this specific division, too. This is the only division in football, I think, where there's not a team that I hate. Is that right? I don't hate any of these teams. I don't particularly like do. any of them either. I hate the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, I, but then I was thinking, you know, I, I had this... this uh, Revelation last week when yeah. I we were doing the Ravens and I realized that the Ravens might actually be my fa my favorite AFC team and my second favorite team in the NFL. I actually think that I really like the Chiefs. I mean, I've I, always liked the Chiefs. I, I had a hard time. I had a lot of players on my list that I, I really I like. Lo I love these Chiefs. I love Andy Reid. I love Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'm 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 a little bit head over heels about Patty Mahomes. I must so, say. So, but but the Broncos are my AFC team. I mean, everybody thinks I got a hundred teams. Well, I got three teams, but it doesn't matter. But I love the Broncos. So uh, okay, I'm a Broncos fan. Uh, who's I know who your chief is going to be. Who is it? Derek Thomas. See, see has am, to I, be. am I that predictable? Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. In that like it's. It, if it, I had an offensive player as my favorite guy, I, I mean, don't certainly even, not. At least it's not a lineman. But Derek Thomas is great. Is oh, he Derek the best? Thomas. Is he the best chief of all time? Man, that's an interesting question. I mean, he's he's in he's right there. I don't know. He's right there. So tell me about Derek Thomas because that's not mine. I mean. I, Derek Thomas is right there. Honestly, Patrick Mahomes is right there, even though he's only played for a couple of years. I, I mean, mean, when you do what he's done, I mean, you have a 50-touchdown 
MVP season and then go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP, you're in the mix, period, already. Nobody has ever played football better as a Chief than Patrick Mahomes has already done it. Wow, yeah, that's, he's not, that's true. He's not the greatest Chief of all time, though, yet. Yeah. He will be. He's, I mean, he, he will be. All right, so but Derek Thomas is as good as it gets, right? He's one. Is certainly one of the most modern era guys. I mean, you have to think about that the early NFL days after the merger and then mm-hmm. the first couple of Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and I mean, guys like Len Dawson have to be in the mix. I mean, Jan Stenerud has to be in the conversation too. I mean, Hank Stram is obviously he didn't play, but I mean, he's he's so iconic. Sure, especially with the NFL films cut ups and all his hilarious sayings yeah. and all yeah. this. But I mean, Derek Thomas is definitely right there. I I, I think that uh, at his peak. Outside of Lawrence Taylor, he's 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 he was the most unstoppable the, pass rusher. By the way, Tony Gonzalez is also a great uh, one. You know, one of the best Chiefs of all times. Obviously, Jamal Charles had a had a pretty remarkable stretch of years too. Uh, my favorite Chief though is hands down guy you just mentioned, Jan Stenerud. It's Jan Stenerud, man, a Norwegian. First of all, shout out. Where are my Scandos at? Quarter quarter actual proper Norwegian. I my great grandfather making me Lefsa. You know, that's what that's the level of Norwegian that I got. Love it. My grandma born in North Dakota. Let's go. Uh so that's uh Jan Center. And then coming obviously to Montana State to play to 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 ski jump, then becomes a kicker. But how about this? During his first three years as a professional, he uh averaged seventy percent on his field goals. The the league average was fifty three percent. Okay. Mm. So he also uh, obviously was the, the the kicker in Super Bowl five, winning a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs, and also is just like just couldn't be a sweeter guy, you know, just a really nice man. My biggest, that my second biggest disappointment from the Big Sky Conference tournament being canceled was that the tournament was canceled. My first biggest disappointment is that Jan Stenerud was going to be at the tournament. And you know we were going to see about having him back on the show then in person. Well, you just got to come. Know? You just got to come onto the Montana Football Hall of Fame banquet with me. Go say hi. Dion has been one of our biggest supporters of that. He's returned. He was the inaugural inductee. Obviously, had to get him in there sure. first and foremost. But he's returned for each of the last four banquets, and it's always a pleasure to to see Dion and and catch up with him. And he's been good enough to come on this show before. Uh, I mean, it's a good one for sure. Well, there you go. That's my favorite. That's my favorite chief. And uh, shout out to Chris Tutel for All helping right. us out. So with we the only Denver got Broncos. two left. We got the NFC West tomorrow, and then we got the NFC North mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Okay, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. Tutel and Duanas, one two nine ESPN Radio. Do a little prep extra right after this. JJ Gelski out as the head coach at Sentinel High School. The boys' basketball team will discuss that right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. It's just so funny because Tommy bemoans these awesome musical artists, but then chooses songs by them that actually are the only songs by them that suck. So then it's like, do you just not you just you don't you just don't like John Mayer because you don't actually listen to the good John Mayer. You know, here's the deal with this. <laughs> We're never gonna get to this. Since I'll just put that on there. Since the world is ending, I thought indeed I've spent my whole life listening to truly gifted artists i've been listening to only the best music that there can be okay and and i figured look maybe it's time i start listening to the worst music that there has ever been (laughs) so i go out realizing just how bad john mayer truly truly is (laughs) it's two tell nuanas 1029 espn radio if you want a better taste of john mayer maybe choose the song that's not with taylor swift that was written for pop radio i don't know taylor swift was nothing but a bonus to John Mayer. Taylor Swift is fire. Oh, At Gus Tutel, 
at 102.9 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, if you are, uh, you know, checking us out on the social medias, we uh, appreciate that very much. Are, are we done with the John? I mean, I think we're done with the John. We'll, we'll get right back now. into it. We're, we're going to. We will. Trust me. We, this is this is all about conservation and endurance, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was mapping it out. You were asking me er- earlier why, why, uh, why have I planned the show for the rest of the week? Because I'm trying to really gauge when we're actually going to run out of stuff to talk about. We're doing great right now, but I just, you know, the does John Mayer suck conversation in 15 shows from now when there's still no sports, we're going to need that one back. September 18th. Oh, mark man. it now. Your favorite soil type right here on Two Tail and Nuanas. Uh, Mine is dry and mineral-free, if you're wondering. It's something like dust. Uh, so let's get into a prep extra segment, shall we? It's yeah. brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank, their lobbies might be closed, but Farmers State Bank is open for business. As always, call your local branch and make an appointment to speak to a lender or customer service representative. You can do it on the phone, obviously online as well. Also with the Farmers State Bank app. Download that thing. And uh, get it all done online. Coulter, uh, you heard it here in the read, but Jay Jagowski has resigned as the head coach of the Missoula Sentinel boys basketball team. Been the head coach there for eight years. Went to the state tournament five times. Uh, the resignation just comes as as uh, part of, of just life. You talk about, I think he's got a couple of kids who are getting mm-hmm. into an age of where they're going to be playing basketball. His, uh, you know, sons uh, growing up and I think wanted to do a little coaching on that and kind of had his run there with Sentinel and is, is taking a step back to do more on that side of things. So there's no, there's nothing behind this as far as we're aware, other than just, you know, folks making those decisions. And especially, I mean, again, it's not a volunteer position to be a head coach at the high school level, but it's close. It's, close uh, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. You're certainly not doing it for the money. And, and, uh, and so to have been, you know, the head coach for, for eight years and doing it and, and, and did a, uh, you know, a solid job, all things considered, like you said, five, uh, five state tournament appearances in those eight seasons, the West, is not as good as the East. In fact, it's it's certainly other uh, outside of Hellgate. Really, I mean, it's just a capital is pretty solid. Yeah, but, but basically, the the it's the East has been very very strong. The West is not when it comes to boys basketball. Well, and there's there's been a lot more uh, influx in the coaching ranks, and I think this is. I mean, this is a trend. We've talked about this across Montana, especially when it came to class. Well, not even just class double A football in general. There was so many guys that had been at their respective schools for so long and it was almost like this wave where so many of those guys retired r- really close to each other whether yeah. it was Ron Lebsock at Billings Skyview Paul Claybo at Billings West Jack Johnson at CMR then you had a lot of small town coaches that I mean talk about the assets that you are to your community when you're living in a place like Malta Montana and you're coaching Malta for 30 plus years like Scott King did or Terry Thomas and Dylan right. coaching Dylan forever it's hard to replace the institution that these coaches become but now then I, I think when you look at the landscape of basketball, Kevin Morales has, has been entrenched in, at Billings Skyview now for a little while, so he he has some stability there. Um, but even though in the Western AA ranks, I mean, we've seen a ton of turnover at Big Sky. Now we have some turnover at Sentinel. Kalispell Flathead, Ross Gustafson, re- resigned earlier this spring, as did the girls coach at Kalispell Flathead. And... The girls basketball coach at Big Sky resigned too. So a ton of openings in AA right now. And it's not just like a plug-and-play deal, right? Like you're saying, this is a huge time commitment. I think it's really hard for people to make the commitment if they're not teachers. Mm -hmm. It's also very hard to get teaching jobs at the Missoula high schools because they're great high schools and people want to work there. And so I think that it's it's just interesting to see how this affects just the stability of a program. But uh, just quoting from the article by Jordan Hansen of the Missoulian, that ran on 406mtsports.com. Uh, Jagelski said, I'll definitely have a hard time walking away. It's a great group of boys, but I've missed a lot of my boys growing up over the last eight years, and it's time for me to just take a step away. I'll definitely still be cheering them on, and maybe I'll go back to the bench at some point. I think I just need some time to recharge, and we'll get there. So, um, there you go. I mean, it is. It, you know, I mean, imagine he's, he's exactly your age, and I think his kids are pretty close to your kid's age. So, I mean, you can imagine how hard it would be to go to practice every night. No doubt. Instead of go home. So, um, but, I mean, he, he's coached some pretty darn good players over the last several years, namely um, Sam Bagley, Sam Bagley, who was the Gatorade Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, he also helped coach 
Zacchaeus Darko Kelly, who was just named the Frontier Conference Player of the Year at University of Providence up in Great Falls and is a finalist for uh, National Player of the Year honors. Um, and he also coached Alex Germer, who is on his way to Montana State to play for Danny Sprinkle after he plays his senior year next year. So uh, it'll definitely – Sentinel has, over the last 20 years, Sentinel's always had good basketball talent. I yeah. mean, the, the best kids on the south side of Missoula – are always usually some of the best kids in the state. And there's been some great kids that have walked through those halls, you know, with the Hankel brothers, the Haskett brothers, and on down to Sam Bagley and, and the Germer brothers. Um, so whoever gets that job is going to have a good pipeline. They got good feeder programs and uh, always talented kids there too. So it just be interesting to see where um, Sentinel goes. But Dane Oliver, athletic director, he's done a great job there at Sentinel. Uh, so I, I expect them to make a competitive hire. But it's just interesting to see how many – Coaches are stepping away yeah. in this day and time. I think it is impactful on the youth, certainly. It's our Farmer State Bank prep extra segment. If you haven't done so, download the Farmer State Bank mobile app, check balances, transfer funds, all these things easily and securely. Uh, we'll take a break. On the other side, if you didn't see it, you got to go see it. And if you did see it, you'll know why we're going to spend time talking about it. Andrea Bocelli performing a concert on Easter Sunday from an empty cathedral in italy completely remarkable to me i have a lot of thoughts on this i know you watched it as well and i thought it was worth taking some time to uh to recount on a couple of different levels so we'll do that right after this say the silver slipper is your beer wine and liquor stock up headquarters you've got all the toilet paper you could possibly be need so now head over to the silver slipper and stock up on what you really need they also have tarantino's pizza to go how about that the Silver Slipper has pizza and cocktails to go, plus the liquor store. You ready for this? They have a happy hour. Happy hour at the liquor store from 4 to 6. Right here with Tutel Nuanas on the air, you got a liquor store happy hour going on at the Silver Slipper. Silver Slipper. So what does that mean? It means you get the employee discount on bottles of liquor. That's right, the employee discount from 4 to 6 every day. They're op- open from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. daily. They have the friendliest staff in town, even in the midst of a national crisis. At the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. The Silver Slipper, they have what you're looking for online. SilverSlipperLounge.com for more info. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Stop by today. See why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. It doesn't sound like that when I do it, I tell you that. To tell new one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be back with you. Day after Easter, hope you had a wonderful Easter. And Colter, you, myself, and Tommy actually all tapped into this, which I think is part of what I want to talk about here. Uh, but Andrea Bocelli, the world-renowned opera singer, uh, did a performance from a cathedral in Milan. I believe it was in Milan, Italy. Uh, yesterday, which was streamed on YouTube for everybody around the world. And I thought, you know, I, I don't really listen to classical, opera, etc. But I said, you know, I'm going to tune into this thing and take a look at this. And, and you know, I thought maybe, you know, I'll give it a couple minutes just to take a look at it. Riveted. I mean, as, as soon as I turned it on, I was it was just remarkable. First of all, unbelievable the 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 pictures that they sent out on this thing they did a great job to have cameras moving giving you different aspects and then taking live shots of different places around the world paris new york city and i have we're we're all in this spot right we're 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 you know quarantining and social distancing and in montana our life is far closer to normal than in most cities uh, around the world actually 
But a lot of places, I mean, it's it's completely, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting thing that we are right now in, I don't want to, want to overstate it, but it's a global struggle, a, a conflict right now that everybody on earth is basically sort of sitting here dealing with, you know, at one level or another, some people very directly and some people somewhat indirectly, but everybody's sort of aware of this. And this is, it's rare that there's an overarching story that is a, an actually global story. I, no question. And it, it resonated even more yesterday because, I mean, not to get into the political and religious aspects of a lot of this, but I do think that Easter is a really big deal around the world, no question, but it's a really big deal in Europe and yeah. in Italy. So to have the Italian guy singing Absolutely. in the Italian church, I think that that just it hit home. I mean, the, the, the poignance and the symbolism of the empty church. Absolutely. And then you add Absolutely. in the fact that he, that he is blind, mm-hmm. so he can't see it, but he can still feel that he's singing to no one and everyone at the same time. It was profound. It and was he amazing. Does it, he does it, obviously, in Italian. And then, though, in English, sings Amazing Grace, which includes was blind but now i see and right. he's sitting there singing you're going i i just can't believe it but the thing i guess that was it, first of all the sim it wasn't even symbolism it was real it's actual it's actually an empty cathedral as a matter of sort of global health and 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 so this is all happening but also the result of this which i found to be and tommy you can tell me if you felt this as well but uh uh i have never ever in my life that i'm aware of had an experience where I actually felt like we always talk about globalization and interconnectivity right. and how, you know, we're all, you know, kind of on this planet together. And certainly with the advent of the Internet, like you, you, you do get to see and experience in some way a lot of places and people that would, you know, heretofore would have never been possible. But I have never had an experience where I felt a connection to the rest of the people on Earth. You know, I mean, we... Often, I think a lot of places will certainly talk about Americans and America and all of that and, and even more local about Montanans and what it is to be that. And, you know, we have these different concentric cir- circles of family and work environment and friends and so on and so forth. But in this moment, watching him do that, I had this very sort of odd, not maybe not odd, but I thought it was a, a, a very nice and welcome reaction to it of recognizing like, we're sort of, we actually are all in this thing together and trying to do this together. And and it was stirring to me to watch him do that performance. And and frankly, it mattered to watch it when it was happening. Now, if you didn't see it, I still completely encourage you to go back and watch it on YouTube. Uh, but to be doing it in real time, I mean, it's the evening in Italy while he is singing. It's Easter morning. And then it's Easter Sunday of all the days too, right? And it's Easter morning in the United States while he's doing it absolutely remarkable and also the three of us now tommy i'm not going to judge you too much here but probably the three of the least likely people to sit down and just turn on the opera you know? what are you saying <laughs> exactly and listen to it and the fact that it got all three of us in and then kept us i thought i think is maybe uh as much a testament to the strength and the power of what that performance was and what it represented to millions of people around the world. It was almost like a wake for life as we've known it prior to this, and there was a true universal language yeah. uh, uh, in, in, in the form of a feeling and in sentiment or lack thereof that was taking place for me during that performance. That's right. It, it truly what, didn't matter that you didn't speak Italian. Yeah, no, right. It was that universal music thing. Yeah. And the other thing that was so cool for me was, holy cow, I know this guy. He does the song at the ending of Step Brothers when they do the Catalina Wine Mixer. <laughs> Great. It's that guy. <laughs> good, good to know that you could bring it back to a place that we could all, you know, get back in with Step yes, with Will know. Ferrell. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, for what it's worth, I know that uh, I would think that there's a considerable number of people listening to our show right now who did see it. But also, I thought it was poignant enough and valuable enough that it was worth taking a moment here to sort of note it and and. I think it moved the needle a little bit for me just in terms of my the assessment of the way that I, you know, am am taking all this as we go, uh, you know, because the, the social distancing thing, you know, you think about 
it as a matter of protecting yourself and the people around you. And that is true. But also, I mean, it's an attempt at a much wider level to ensure the well-being of complete strangers. And that's not something that we are very good at, it seems to me. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't... We didn't the well-being of strangers, like, okay, yeah, I want everybody to be okay, but but am I doing anything, you know, for other people's sake that I don't know? Very often the answer to that is no, I'm not. And I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't or whatever, but the fact that you're kind of doing this certainly for yourself, for those around you, but also for the just greater well-being of everybody that there is, is uh, it's difficult, but it's also nice to do it. And... Uh, and I think that it's worth, you know, again, that was something that sort of, I guess, reflected on in that moment. So from us to you, boys and girls across the state of Montana, it's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Our number one is in the books. Our two straight ahead. Our good friend, Craig Mettler, the head track and field coach at Sentinel High School, joined us earlier on today. We will have that interview for you right after that, right after this. But from... Uh, the poignancy of an Easter Sunday, Andre Bocelli concert. Do you call it a concert? Performance. Performance, better. You still need liquor. And the Silver Slicker is where you go to get it. The Silver Slipper is your beer, wine, and liquor stock-up headquarters. You've got all the toilet paper you could possibly need. So now head over to the Slipper and stock up on what you really need. They also have Tarantino's Pizza to go. The Silver Slipper has pizza and cocktails to go plus the liquor store has a happy hour of their own from four to six every day right now while we're on the show you go down there you get the employee discount on bottles of liquor they're open 11 till 8 daily 11 a.m to 8 p.m they have the friendliest staff in town even in the midst of a national and indeed global crisis so at the silver slipper it's all about great food tasty beverages and their urge to have a good time the silver slipper has what you're looking for visit the silverslipperlounge.com for more info across the street from super walmart on brooks stop by today and see why the silver slipper is one of montana's best kept secrets it's finally starting to feel like winter around here and if you need some nice winter gear how about the fine folks at sitka they make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.